Is the Big Show with Gordon Monson and Jake Scott, presented by Big O Tires. Stop by your locally owned Big O Tires for no credit needed financing and the best prices on tires. Big O Tires, the team you trust. This is 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. It is the Big Show. Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Live today from Peach Window and Door. Come by and see us. 2940 South, 300 West. We have jazz gear to give away to you. But uh, check out what they can do for you with custom windows and doors. Very, very cool stuff. You can also call them 801-566-1255. Let's get out to the Smart Rain guest line. It's no mystery Utah is in an extreme drought. That's why Smart Rain is the solution for any commercial property concerned about water consumption while managing irrigation smartly. Find out more at smartrain.net. Joining us now, the television voice of the Utah Jazz, Craig Bowler. Jack, what's going on, Bowler? Gentlemen, how are you? Uh, we're doing great. Uh, you know, I, I think Jazz Nation out there, Bowler, as Harpering likes to say, is uh, hurting a little bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What did... Austin just told me it was yesterday sad, sad land. <laughs> sad land, yeah. It was. People yeah, are Elliot. feeling sad. They're in sad land. How do we escape sad land? That's the question. So, Bowler, what advice do you have in that regard? Because let me ask you first, how hard is it for you to watch, uh, for instance, the Clippers-Suns series? Is that, is that a difficult thing for you? And if it is, how do you get past it? Hmm. Well, yes, it is, and I turned down the sound. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> you turn down yeah. the sound, and you close your eyes, and you fall asleep. Huh? I just, I, you know, I, I guess, you know, Sadland, you know, starts when you're up 25 after Donovan drops a three to start the third quarter in L.A. at Staples Center, and the lead is 25. But, you know, there was just something uh, that just said, not safe. It's still not good enough. And, you know, I don't know what it is. If you guys felt the same way, we've kind of – I think every team in the league has stories, right, about what could have been or a lead that – well, I'll tell you what, in these playoffs, it's happened multiple times, by the way. And I think what it was is I was at the arena and I was at the, um, you know, watch party. And who was calling the game? Um, was it – no, it wasn't. Was it, uh, was it Kevin Harlan? Who was he working with? Somebody said, "Boy, we've seen a lot of big. Well, I have tried Mike Green. We've seen a lot of big comebacks in these series, you know, in these playoffs." And I thought, "Don't say that." <laughs> and that was my first indication that, "Uh oh, uh, here we go." And yeah, sad. It is sad. I mean, you know, healthy backcourt, and you can always look for like reasons, and that it, it will never know. Jake is my point. We'll never really know because Mike would have been a big plus even at home right uh and and donovan who i give him a lot of credit for bouncing around on a leg and a half uh basically and still been able to produce the way he did but you know look the clippers as much as it is tough to admit uh, a very physical defensive minded team and they attacked the paint they attacked gobert and they also were deadly from from two and from three. Terrence Mann had his 15 minutes of fame from the corner three. Rudy, 
you know, had to make decisions on whether to protect, you know, rim, paint, or the three-point line. And the corner three was deadly against the Jazz. Uh, but, you know, again, it's a tale of two halves. That's the cliche of cliches. But in reality, it held true for this game six. Uh, a 25-point lead was not enough. In fact, uh, they lost by 12. Uh, so a 37-point swing. All you can do now is just move forward and be aggressive in thinking what can you do uh, to continue the journey and take the next step. You get past round one. Now you run into a roadblock in, in uh, round two, almost similarly to what happened to you know what happened to, against Denver in the bubble. But you're up 2-0 and you lose four straight. So yeah, you have to step back and breathe. You can't overreact, but you have to probably with D Wade, uh, you know, as part owner with Ryan. How much influence will he have? And how will we see Ryan Smith react in his first year or off-season, Jake and Gordon, with the Jazz? He wants a title? Sure, everybody does. But it also comes down to the right pieces and also how big is the checkbook and how much over the cap do you want to go? Uh, and those are questions that only ownership um, and those very close to Ryan can answer. Uh, just to throw this take at you, Bowler, and get your reaction, because Gordon and I both kind of agreed on this when we were talking about it yesterday. I was bothered with some of the national conversation surrounding Rudy Gobert. And listen, mm-hmm. they gave up 81 points in the second half, and that is obviously unacceptable. But it was not Rudy's fault. You know, Rudy, uh, you know, those open threes in the corner were given up because Rudy had to stop the Clippers from getting dunks because Rudy's teammates couldn't keep their guy in front of them. And I just I I got frustrated with people going, oh, typical. He's not the defensive player of the year. It's like, yeah, the guy's job was to cover the whole darn floor. And the Clippers figured it out. You know, it just it bugged me that he was getting run out. Sorry, And not to mention the fact that he took that spill. Yeah, and he was Early. hurt. He, he he couldn't move as as well as he typically does. But anyway, yeah, that was a you know it's a long way being seven one from there to the floor. And you know if you look at it and really um, are honest, it it was a wicked fall, and it was right on the uh, the buttock. And you know you could tell it, it took the wind out of him. Plus, obviously, I'm sure he still probably is feeling the after effects of that fall. You know, this is a great conversation because I think we get into a time where we think Rudy, being a three-timer on the defensive end, can cover every inch of the floor, Jake, to your point. And I know that there were, you know, you know, multiple multitude of people who were saying, way to go, three-timer, defensive player of the year, question mark. And I looked at the game and, you know, looked at highlights and the decision he has to make on whether – He's going to open the baseline for a dunk, which, by the way, they did on several occasions, or do you jump out and put a hand in the face of Terrence Mann? And if you if you hesitate uh, wondering or thinking about what decision you make, you're late right on both ends. You're late baseline, and you're late coming out to, to, to defend the three. So I think the answer is, does Rudy, Rudy can't do it by himself, despite the fact that he's a tremendous – and I think those awards indicate just how damn good he is. But also, do, do the Jazz have to reevaluate the fact that how tough are they on the defensive end? Look, I love Royce's efforts, but the bottom line, too, is he's 6'4", and the Clippers are a much larger team. I mean, Batum, signing Batum was a big 
uh, a big get in the off season to, because he's a complimentary player because he has a Kawhi and, and a uh, Paul George surrounding him. He isn't the centerpiece like he was in Charlotte, right? With Michael Jordan and he can go out and kind of play his own style of game. So, you know, Royce busts his tail every night, but he's always taken on the highest of level player in this league. So my question to you, if there is change made, and I'm not talking Royce is going anywhere because I think his defense is, is tremendous, but adding, who do you add? Do you add? Uh, and who do you have to give up to add? Or do you go over luxury tax to just keep most of this core together and tweak the outside parts, but also make a splash uh, either in free agency or do you take the trade route? You know, I think you have to think it through. Uh, I thought the Clippers showed us just how good they are on the defensive end as a unit. I mean, Jake, Gordon, they were tenacious, man. Even in games one and two where the Jazz were able to win at home, but they picked it up even more, you know, uh, on the road. And that's what kind of really surprised me, just how of a high level they played, unlike sometimes what I saw in the regular season. But again, as everybody says, playoff basketball is totally different. I think we, I think the Jazz got a huge taste of what that actually is, uh, and they did it too. Game six without, you know, without Kawhi. I give and game five, I give Kawhi a lot of. I mean, excuse me, Paul George a lot of credit. You know, he's been he's been much maligned over the years that he can't do it. Well. You know, he did it against the Jazz, and now the next the, the next test is Phoenix, and they're already down one. So it'll be interesting to see where this goes from here. Getting back to offseason moves, Bowler Mike Conley, uh, to what lengths do you go to, to sign him? Well, it depends on what Mike wants to do, too, Gordo. Uh, you know, I always look at post you know postseason you know discussions at the the, the so called locker cleanout. You know, and I jumped on as many as I could. And I just reading body language, you know, 34, all-star, probably the last contract he will sign, but it's a risky move. And I only say that not judging his talent by any means because I think he played his best basketball. But, Jake, it goes down to health. Uh, what did the Jazz have to spend to get him back? Does he want to come back? But also, are you prepared – to potentially not have him for 30 games uh, because of the what I think is a chronic hamstring issue. I mean, I'm no doctor, but I'm just observing what we've all seen, right? And it's concerning, and it's concerning for any team that's going to you know, write a big, a big payday for Mike. He's coming off, you know, the final two years of his what 64 million dollar contract that the Jazz picked up from Memphis in that in that deal. So. You know, I love Conley. I think he's fit this year and in the bubble last season like a glove after a pretty rough start, making the transition from Memphis and 12 years of the same type of offensive, you know, sets. Pick and pop instead of pick and rolls with different players and running a multiple style offense where he handles the ball on occasion, Donovan on others, and even Joe in other, in other circumstances. So, I think he got it. Quinn has nothing but respect. He's another coach on the floor, great locker room guy, great human. But at the same time, you have to wonder what's best for him, but also what's best for the Jazz and what the cost factor will be. It really does come down to money. I mean, it really does. I mean, I think 
you know, a lot of teams want to keep players. Some teams have to make rough, this tough decisions, and this may be one of those points where the Jazz will have to make some of those decisions, whether to spend or to try another avenue. And again, it's hard to predict because we knew the Miller organizations for such a long time. You could almost kind of sense maybe what Dennis may do and maybe keep everything intact and give it another shot. But I'm not sure I can say that with with Ryan Miller and his family and even Dwayne Wade's uh, part ownership in the ownership group on on what maybe he will – What's the word I want to use? I guess to be a consultant in some ways. I mean, they sat courtside right throughout the playoffs. I would have given anything just to hear part of those conversations because D. Wade's been there, won a title, and um, he may have some ideas that will help Ryan make those decisions. So we'll wait and see. Bowler, I'm asking you this question very much on purpose because you have been very vocal about your opinion of uh, load management. But if the Jazz were to bring back Mike Conley, you know, him not being 100% for the playoffs was obviously a very big deal this year. Would you consider a load management situation if he came back where maybe he only plays 50 or 60 regular season games to ensure that he's healthy? You know, Jake, that's a great question, man. And, I, I, you know, I guess sometimes I live in the world of, you know, just go play. And I'm probably a victim of the Stockton and Malone era. Uh, in fact, probably that era in general and hanging around Jerry, the, the late, great Jerry Sloan too much in, in the days when I covered the Jazz before I joined the franchise in the booth. Um, you know, there, there has to be some truth this year. Because if you look at the two seasons that really ran together, uh, and you know what? We're already going in, into July, right? And the Olympics look like they're going to go. And Donovan, you know, chose not to participate. And Chris Paul has opted not to participate, uh, you know, and others. I'm just saying they've played a lot of hoop, right, uh, over the last 18 months. And it's it's hard to say with another short off season how the bodies are going to re- respond to another camp uh, in early or late September and early October. And this is also a concern for the two teams and even the four teams that will play in the East and the West to decide the you know who's going to play in the finals. I mean, I think the last day is what July twenty second. I mean, that's a lot of hoop, man. In the last uh, in the last eighteen months, so. You know, I'm not a fan of it, but I'm also beginning to understand these circumstances during this COVID transition of trying to get back to norm. But I think the Jazz will have to evaluate what they're willing, what they think. You know, they've got the analytics, right, Jake and Gordon? I mean, look, this is an analytic team. This is an analytical league more and more and more. And so they know minutes. They know what Mike's capable of doing and the, and, and you know, his age, what he's able to do on a given night. But you know what? Even with load management, Jake, there's there's no guarantee any player uh, on a good night when allegedly healthy and strong and rested, he could do, you know, he could get become in harm's way. And nobody thought Rudy was going to cartwheel to the floor the other night, but he did. So there's always those things that happen. Paul George sticks out a leg and puts – you know, load um, weight on on the ankle of Gordon, excuse me, Gordon, of of Donovan. And so, you know, I don't know. You can't predict injury anywhere, football, baseball, basketball, whatever it may be. It just happens because you leave your feet 
or someone tumbles and you're standing in the wrong place at the wrong time or you stretch just a little bit too much, and before you know it, you have a hamstring, an ankle, a knee, a shoulder that, that comes out of nowhere. So I don't know. Uh, I wish I had a straight-up answer for you, Jake. I mean, for older players, it may make sense. I'll go that far. You know, for the younger guys, I, I'm not a fan. And I think the and the reason is it's I want the fans who pay high dollar to see those players on the floor. And there's been so many times where even the visiting team has left three of their star players at home for that exact reason. So I think there's got to be some middle ground on how this is handled. And it's I still think it's an issue issue for the league. Okay, Bowler, one last question for me, and it's a yes-no. Okay. okay. Will, the, will the Jazz, at some level, be it management, be it player, personnel, whatever, will there be a big move this offseason? You know what? My gut says yes. And I say that out of experience of just watching franchises throughout my career, the Jazz maybe sometimes have been a little bit more timid or let's just say cautious is a better word. Um, they have some really good pieces. But I think we also saw, and I'm sure Dennis saw the same thing and Ryan and everybody in management who says, okay, the core, not bad. There's some, and look at the awards that came. You know, another defensive player of the year. Quinn finishes third in coaching of the year, which I still thought could have, should have been at a higher level than that. Uh, six man of the year award. Dennis Lindsay finishes second in exec of the year. I mean, there's a lot of things good going on with the Jazz, but I think, again, when you don't achieve the ultimate goal, and I know there was a lot of hype a year ago that didn't happen. Now, this year, the Jazz were kind of, what was it called? Uh, they were left out of the conversation, and then they forced their way back in. And I, you know, I still think there are some who have the doubt, and you still have to win to prove that. I mean, that's the bottom line. I had a good talk with Doris Burke on on our podcast, and and uh, this question came up by the way about the Jazz uh, aggressive free agency and the network's responsibilities of promoting new young stars like a Donovan, right? Like a Booker, like a, um, a Ja Morant or a Trey Young. And, you know, sometimes we get – and she, she even admitted, I think, if I go back and listen, right, that it's easy to continue to hang on to, to the greats of, of LeBron. It's an easy – like a Tiger Woods. When I was at CBS, it was, you know, the ratings went sky high with Tiger. Ratings go sky high with a healthy LeBron. But you know what? Is it is it time to focus on Donovan? Is it time to focus on Booker? Is it time to focus on Jamal Murray when he comes back from the ACL? Or, you know, and what Trey Young has been able to do this year in Ja with Memphis. That's a young team on the up and on the up and up. But it's all great questions. I mean, but I, I still think the Jazz will always say we're always looking to get better. And so that's where I, I hang my hat on that comment of yes. I think the Jazz will always pursue greatness and will always try uh, to be a champion. And I think even more so now with a new young owner, and he's made some bold decisions, you know, uh, with the Jazz so, so far uh, in his early tenure as, as the owner. And I don't see him, you know, stopping 
uh, from everything he's told us in the media that, you know, his goal is to put a title, uh, make this title town. And to do so, you do have to be aggressive and you may have to make some tough decisions along the way. Bowler, as always, thank you very much for jumping on. We'll catch up with you next week. All right, man. Lift sad, lift the sad city and let's be happy. <laughs> we'll do our best, Bowler. Thank you. All right, guys. See you soon. See, See you soon. You're the best. Sad city. Well, more next. 97.5 and 1280 The Zone.